The Jim Channel Podcast, bringing you the big picture on geoscientific information management through interviews and discussions. Welcome to our special edition of the Jim Channel, direct from the PDAC convention in Toronto. I'm Misha Stacker from Acquire Technology Solutions, and today I'm joined by our guest, Jason Dunning. Jason is the Group Manager for Geology and Exploration at Nearstar Mining. Welcome, Jason. Thank you uh, for having me. Um, Jason, what brings you to PDAC this year? Um, this year, it's, it's to not only sense uh, the uptick in the vibe that we've, for the first time in about five years, we're seeing, uh, but it's also to catch up on the large number of projects which have uh, started to show extreme promise, uh, to assess them, to rank them, to, and to, uh, to ensure that we are on top of competitor activity. As, as the up, uh, upturn continues and metal prices continue to lift, um, we want to make sure as a corporation that we are on top of uh, not only what our competitors are doing, but what opportunities might avail themselves for, our, for, uh, for Nearstar. Yeah, that's great. It's definitely been a positive uh, theme to PDAC this year. I think we're all seeing that. Last year as a guest speaker on the Acquire booth, you were part of a panel, panel of speakers that we had here talking about Jim. Uh, one of the five main challenges for geoscientific information management were identified as people, process, infrastructure, funding and leadership. Do you think these challenges are still existing? I do. I, To be honest, I, I think that they're... Uh, year over year, there's been no change. Uh, I think, if anything, it's been slightly exacerbated by the continued uh, cutting of budgets and restrictive uh, financing environment over the last 12 months. We are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. There's, there is money starting to be freed up. So uh, hopefully we'll see that trend uh, start to shift towards uh, a reversal. But in terms of people, uh, it's been a hard year. There's been still a lot of people continue to be laid off, shifting jobs, uh, which means you lose continuity. You may lose a little bit of internal talent. Uh, those resources are hard to rebuild on, on a moment's notice. As we all see metal prices go up, all of a sudden the uh, leadership say, go um, unless you've been uh, smart about your staffing resources and uh, or maintaining your uh, your infrastructure those budgets are really been a problem over the last 12 months so hopefully we can quickly rectify that as for the other areas absolutely I mean all those areas are are, are mission critical um, I think honestly the uh, the one that's going to be the the strongest uh, uh, hopefully to pull us out is leadership but Again, uh, it's, it's, it's going to take not only leadership, but it's going to have to be at the, all levels. I think people are going to have to recognize right from the, the, the field worker at the data collection stations right through to the senior management that, yes, this is capital, and, yes, we have to put our money uh, in the right places, but it all starts with good data. That goes from operations right through to exploration. If we don't have good data collection, we don't have good data management. If we don't have good data management, we're not making good decisions because we as an industry have been... Uh, unfortunately not making data-driven decisions 100% of the time. And I think uh, there is a turn, there is light at the end of the tunnel, so we hope it's the, the actual sunlight and not the train. Um, but I'm bowed by the fact that uh, metal prices continue to lift, and just from looking around at all the piers on the floor, uh, all the booths are positive, there's more discussion, so I think we're finally going to make that turn towards better data management and data collection. Yeah, so do you think that uh, senior management is starting to really recognise the value of Jim um, and also that data is a valuable asset in the company now? I think it is. Uh, one of the things at Nearstar that we did in our mining group was actually formally erect a business improvement uh, group. 
And you saw recently uh, in the news uh, that Barrick has formalized uh, the improvement stream within uh, the mining mantra. I think if more companies were to take uh, heed of those uh, areas and put people in improvement categories, whether, uh, again, you don't have to formalize it, it doesn't have to have a specific, but business improvement has become such an important leverage point. And it's not just in data collection, it streams into everything. It could be data collected off how your equipment hours are running on your machines underground. It can be how that tied back to your drill meters at the face, both from a production as well as expiration. And it all interrelates because it all, again, gets back to making the best data-driven decisions. So I think, if anything, that is where we as an industry need to head is see more of those business improvement models embedded within the leadership structure. And I think you're starting to see more CEOs start to recognize that because it's not always the, the, the paradigm shift they're looking for. They're looking for the incrementals because those incrementals do add up to a much stronger free cash flow. And those little changes really just rely on people recognizing and doing the little smart decisions. So I think that's where we need to make the biggest push. Yeah, it's almost like streamlining all those processes and how you, how you use it all. Um, I guess on that topic, we are hearing a lot of talk about companies needing to drive efficiencies um, and they're striving to be more productive in their operations. Um, how are you seeing some companies do this or what are you looking to do to gain those efficiencies in your operations? Well, again, through that business improvement model, what we've ended up doing is you end up uh, starting to wire your minds for fiber optics so that you can start when you get new equipment, it's all embedded with all the newest technology so it's instantaneous data collection and transmission into your servers. When you're buying drill rigs, the, the, the meters, the hydraulic pressure, everything is automatically related back into the server. Uh, when you uh, send your geologists underground, you're sending them underground with ruggedized tablets that are using something like uh, a choir as the, as the backstop of data collection. So that as soon as they hit the Wi-Fi signal, whether it's going back again into that fiber optic system, or on the surface because you just haven't wired the mine, it's automatically populating your, your data control systems, your database management systems. And when you do that and you actually sit down and think about and construct uh, analytical tools, dashboards, all of a sudden then, every morning when you have your group meetings, your supervisors right through to your leadership are making data-driven decisions and they start to recognize, maybe we have to do a SWOT analysis or do some RACI analysis on this process. And all of a sudden that starts to tweak. Well, it's not just fixing this, it's just this one little aspect. And again, those one little aspects can have major implications. So I think if you start to move through your systems and integrate as you're going along, uh, you don't have to go and spend millions and millions of dollars from a whole scale fundamental change. You do it incrementally, and that way it gives your staff, your infrastructure, and your organization time to adapt. Because you don't want a culture shock but eventually you'll get there and, and those little baby steps will add up to formal steps. So they always say you have to learn how to walk before you can, before you can run. Well, the, us as an industry have to learn how to crawl first. And once we've learned how to crawl and put those data collection systems and data management in place, we will see the improvements. And we have seen it work quite well at Nearstar and it's something we're looking to expand upon. Yeah, great. That's some great insights there. Um, I guess talking about technology, it's it's one of our key focuses. We love we love our tech here. Uh, and you touched on some technologies just then. What is what are some of the new technologies um, that you're seeing at PDOC this year? That's a very good question. I think I think a lot of it now is uh, for me. 
Um, I mean, aside from uh, the data management tools, which again have always been uh, uh, sort of on the forefront of change, because again, it does tie right into business improvement. If you start looking into other areas where you start seeing some some interesting paradigm shifts, uh, there's been a few step changes in in geophysics recently with, again, uh, new technologies finally starting to get embedded. So now all of a sudden, new techniques are starting to look deeper. Uh, thing, uh, the interpretations are getting faster. Uh, but one of the things that I'm really curious about is the new AI technologies that are coming out uh, that were a part of the disrupt mining. Um, I've I know several of them quite well because I've, I've been following their work for the last few years uh, and one of them uh, actually was a co-winner this year. Uh, but it's the AI technology I think that are interesting because before when you were limited on the amount of projects you could analyze on any given day because of just software limitations and memory limitations, now those AI technologies all of a sudden have quadrupled or tenfold increased the amount of instantaneous processing. Um, there was another one that I saw that actually was about how to analyze drill data better. And it does in seconds what takes geologists weeks to do. And it not only does one scenario, it does hundreds of scenarios. So all of a sudden now you start to see these little techno these technology shifts, but it all ties back to artificial intelligence where, yes, we have to control the software. Yes, we have to control the machinery, but it can do in seconds what we, we would take hours, if not weeks, to do. And when you present that optionality and that flexibility to a team uh, of geologists or engineers or geotechs, some amazing things can happen. Because now you truly are thinking outside the box because you're not locked into uh, one direction. And that's why I think I've always joked, if I have three geologists in the room, uh, they all agree I'm going to fire two of them. Not because they're bad people or they've, or they've made a mistake, but it's, you want that slightly adversarial, uh, almost he said, she said, because it's not about who's right or wrong, it's about getting to the right, the right answer. So when the AI technologies all of a sudden start to open up targets that they would have missed because of their biases, that's interesting. And I've seen a few examples now where the company agrees with the AI technology and says, yeah, we saw 12 of those 14 anomalies, but what are those two? Those we didn't know about. There's where the advantage comes in. But again, that work was done in seconds instead of weeks. So I think that's where the biggest step change is coming is AI technology and how that's going to integrate back in to our system such as, such as GIMS. Yeah, that sounds really exciting and, and I think a real huge speed improvement there, isn't it, with the decision making. Um, I think we're nearly out of time there, so we'll wrap that up. Thanks for joining us today, Jason. No, great to be here and uh, glad to speak to you again and uh, you have yourself another productive year. Thank you very much. Okay, so that's it for today. If you've enjoyed our discussion, please tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast, which you can find on our Acquire newsroom at acquire.com.au. You've been listening to Acquire's podcast, The Gym Channel. Find us at acquire.com.au.